Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. We're going to have a really fun hour here. Logan, our producer, behind the glass to about my 3 o'clock here. About my 2 o'clock, rather. And he's working on two-minute drill trivia. He's got sports lib coming up second half of the hour. You'll be able to participate in both of those. We're also keeping an eye on the Pelicans tonight and really because of Anthony Davis Pelicans they gave up 35 first quarter points this is just going to be an absolute disastrous mess with Anthony Davis on the court see how many minutes Davis got Davis got eight minutes in the first quarter 10 points for him Drew has four Frank Jackson has four but they're getting walloped so far by the T-Wolves, 35-22, to 22, as expected. Lots of boos for Anthony Davis if you missed it before. I want to read a tweet really quickly before we get to the Saints. Here's a tweet from at Becknell Glenn. And I, we're not listening to the broadcast or watching the broadcast because, well, we have a show to do. But Jeff Van Gundy is calling it for ESPN, and this is what Glenn tweeted at me, replying to a tweet. Uh, quote, loving Jeff Van Gundy announcing the game and calling out the NBA for unfair treatment of Pels. Said Gail Benson should defy the NBA and not play AD. Said NBA and media once AD in LA. I replied back, retweeted him, and said, my respect level for Jeff Van Gundy just went through the roof because he's right. Everything he said right there is right. NBA is treating this franchise unfairly. They're holding them to a higher standard than they would ever hold oh, the Lakers or oh, the Knicks or oh, the Celtics or anybody else. And yes, Gail Benson and the Pelicans should defy them and pay that $2.7 million fine. Said that in the first hour. Good on Jeff Van Gundy. We'll keep you updated on the Pels as we go along here. The Saints are going to face really tough decisions this offseason. Every NFL team does. That's what this salary cap league forces you into. You have about half of your roster, give or take a little bit, change and turnover every single year, including coaching staff. The Saints are going to have an entire new, entirely new special teams coaching staff. As they fired Mike Westoff. Uh, at least did not renew his contract. Mike Westhoff will be gone, and his special teams coaches will be gone too. But on the field, a couple of the toughest decisions they're going to face, top of the list, Michael Thomas for me. He's eligible for a contract extension going into the final year of that rookie contract. This will be his fourth year in the league. There's no doubt Michael Thomas now is among the league's best receivers. He's among the five best receivers in the National Football League. His rapport with Drew Brees is as good as any quarterback wide receiver combo in the league right now now that Antonio Brown is on his way out of Pittsburgh it was probably Big Ben and Antonio Brown before that but now the best quarterback receiver combo and I think this eclipses Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in Atlanta is Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas really has earned a major extension and major payday here but I get a little concerned, and I have a feeling the people in the front office for the Saints 
are going to be struggling with this decision and have been since they've been in contract negotiations with Michael Thomas's agent and representatives. The top paid receivers in the National Football League, they just take up too much of the salary cap pie for you to be consistently contending for championships. And the proof is in the pudding here. This isn't just me with some kind of hot take on the radio. We've went over this before. In the last 20 years in the National Football League, the last 20 years, the highest paid receiver in the league has never won a Super Bowl. The highest paid receiver in the league has only made one Super Bowl. That was Julio Jones a couple of years ago with Atlanta. Now, with the salary cap expanding here a little bit and with new age economics and how they're structuring teams and, and all this focus on offense now, perhaps you'd think, well, maybe this means wide receivers are more valuable now than they ever have been. Maybe you can pay a receiver $20 million a year. Remember, Odell Beckham got close to $20 million a year, not quite there. If he's to eclipse Odell Beckham, he'll get right close to that. Probably won't eclipse it, but we'll get close. He's going to want that. He's played and performed every bit as good as Beckham over the last few years. Numbers prove that. We did it over the second half of the season. What he did over the entire season, I think that. Here's the thing with how now offenses work in the NFL, at least to me. Kind of like running backs. The running back position has been drastically devalued over the last 10 years. Deuce, if you're listening, close your ears. Deuce might not because he knows this. Teams feel like they can get A-level production out of running backs without either drafting them in the first round or without paying them top 10 salary in the league. There are many, many examples of this. Right here in New Orleans, you have Alvin Kamara, who is one of the most explosive, productive running backs in the National Football League, wasn't a first-round pick. Over in Seattle, Chris Carson, one of the most productive backs this year in the National Football League, yeah, wasn't a first-round pick. The list is very long here. Most teams, not all, most teams have devalued the running back position. Now, most teams are starting to, not at the same level, but they're starting to devalue the wide receiver position a little bit. They believe that with the rules against defensive contact and defensive holding and pass interference and how the rule structure in the NFL benefits the offense. Now, look at the Rams. Look at Kansas City. Heck, look at the first half of the season before he had some injuries here for the Saints and what they were doing. A lot of teams, a lot of general managers believe that you can get very good production at mid-level contract value. You can get very good production from the wide receiver spot in the second, third, fourth round. Remember where Michael Thomas was drafted. He was a second-round pick. It wasn't a first-round pick. It's why he's on such an incredibly team-friendly contract now. You're not going to find Michael Thomas's in every second round. It doesn't happen all the time. But are the Saints willing to throw around oh, $20 million a year for four or five years with a lot of that guaranteed at Michael Thomas? And the second layer of this is... Michael Thomas isn't going to play out that next contract 
with Drew Brees throwing him passes. Drew Brees probably, not assuredly, probably entering the final year of his career. If not one of the final years of his career. Maybe he'll follow Brady to retire and it'll be two, three years down the road. But Michael Thomas getting paid $20 million a year with Taysom Hill throwing him passes or Teddy Bridgewater or a draft pick or whoever it is that they bring in after Drew isn't going to be the same. His rapport with that quarterback won't be the same. His production level with that quarterback won't be the same and it won't be worth $20 million a year. Now, that's a harsh reality for Michael Thomas. I think we're all huge fans of Michael Thomas. I think we all agree here. We should agree. Again, that Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But if I'm playing fantasy Saints general manager, if I'm putting myself in Mickey Loomis's spot, I would not pay Michael Thomas more money than any receiver has ever been paid in the NFL. And you can bet that that's what Michael Thomas want, and deservedly so. I don't blame Michael Thomas one bit for wanting that. He wants his money. He wants to get paid. Go get paid, big fella. I have a feeling that this contract is not going to get done this year, and Michael Thomas is going, get, going to go into the last year of his contract looking, for un, looking at unrestricted free agency in either the franchise tag or a – massive payload from some team because it only takes one team remember there's only one team out there that needs to not think like I do that wants to think that Michael Thomas is the missing piece between themselves and a championship and is willing to pay him that 20 million dollars or so a year it's going to be very very interesting to watch play out Here's a text from the 504. Seth Drew is going into his farewell season. Are they going to draft a QB finally or get one in free agency? Well, remember, they don't have a first or third round pick this year. If you're still in a championship window, do you want to, I don't know, blow your second round pick on a developmental quarterback? Or do you want to try to bolster positions that you think you can find in the second round, whether it be tight end, slot receiver, offensive line, linebacker, special teams guy, safety? slot corner I don't know if you draft a quarterback in this draft I haven't recently now I also agree with this texture that I, I believe if I was a I had to bet on this if I had to pick one side whether Drew is entering his final year whether he'll be back after this I would say this is probably going to be his last year but don't count out Drew if he has another year like he did this year he's going to come back he should come back maybe he's the ageless one and with modern medicine and nutrition and how he treats his body it's certainly plausible that he can play another two, three years after this. We'll see. It's not just Michael Thomas, though, they have a decision with. Lots of hand-wringing going on right now among Saints fandom and the Houdat Nation about Mark Ingram. And should the Saints bring him back, will he fetch more money on the open market? Is there too big of a bond between Ingram and Sean Payton and, and Ingram's pursuit of some team records here and Ingram's really tandem with Alvin Kamara in this backfield and really his desire to win a championship. And certainly he's going to be closer here in New Orleans to doing that than anywhere else he could go. Another interesting decision they're going to have. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you can give us a call at 504-260-1870. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Michael Thomas. Would you give Michael Thomas that kind of payday? Do you think the Saints should also? We'll discuss Mark Ingram and whether the team should bring back Mark Ingram or whether 
you think Ingram will land somewhere else this offseason? It's area code 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. It's the last lap on WWL. Welcome back to the show. Here's a text from the 504. How about Drew set the tone and take a lower amount of money so they can sign Michael Thomas for a long-term contract since he got paid already? I don't expect any player to take less money. That doesn't happen in other in- industries. I'm not asking my colleagues here at WWL to take less money so I can get paid more. It just, I, I, don't, I would never ask that of anybody. Now, could that happen? Sure, it could happen. Tom Brady has done that in New England. I said before, there's more nuance to that situation because there's been reports of some funny business going on, stuff that technically by the letter of NFL law isn't allowed, like Robert Kraft investing in some of Tom Brady's business ventures in order to get him to take less money on the field. And, of course, you know, the relationship that Kraft and the Patriots have to the league office, they're kind of looking the other way on that. So it's a little more nuanced. But, yes, it could happen. Drew could see, hey, maybe if I restructure my contract, add another year to it, keep the guaranteed money there, add more, maybe maybe he would be willing to do that. I don't know, though. This is a more interesting situation because the Saints want to add another year to the contract, guarantee him more money in the second year, when this, like we just said last segment, could be his last year. I don't know. Not sure. So the wide receiver contract, just to finish up on this, only three of the top 11 receivers in the NFL, three of the highest paid, highest 11 paid receivers in the NFL even made the postseason. Beckham's making $18 million a year, made $18 million a year, didn't make the playoffs. Antonio Brown, $17 million, didn't make the playoffs. Mike Evans, $16.5, didn't make the playoffs. Jarvis Landry, 15.1. Nope. A.J. Green, 15, didn't make the playoffs. Devontae Adams, 14.5 million, didn't make the playoffs. Julio Jones, 14.5, didn't make the playoffs. It's just, it's a tough situation when you talk about Michael Thomas. It just is. Does he eclipse that 18 million a year for Odell Beckham? He's going to want to. So get him up close to 20, 19, 20 million dollars a year. I don't think Mickey Loomis should do it. What about running backs now? Running backs are a, a, a very – it's an interesting position in the NFL for all the reasons we described about wide receivers. Teams, they, they can find productive, valuable guys at lower salary levels. Let's go through some of the highest-paid running backs in the NFL this year, and this is why a lot of teams aren't paying this kind of money to the position anymore. You eat up that much of the salary cap, space percentage-wise, and, well, it costs you at other positions. Levy and Bell, that's a very interesting situation. Completely get it. That team didn't make the playoffs, but they didn't have Bell. So we'll kind of throw that out. He sat out the entire year, held out, so maybe you don't really consider that. David Johnson to the Cardinals, $13 million a year. Cardinals were terrible, didn't make the playoffs. Devonta Freeman, $8.5 million a year. Fourth highest paid receiver, didn't make the playoffs. LaShawn McCoy, over $8 million. Nope. Saquon Barkley on that rookie deal because he was a top five pick, making nearly $8 million a year. Uh, no, didn't make the playoffs. Jarek McKinnon suffered the injury, but he was getting paid $7.5 million. 
49ers didn't make the playoffs and with how they played they probably like, they weren't making it with him and Jimmy Garoppolo especially in the NFC Leonard Fournette big rookie deal high draft pick nearly seven million dollars a year nope Duke Johnson Browns five million no Giovanni Bernard uh-uh five million Carlos Hyde of the Jags over five million nope Deion Lewis nearly five of the Titans nope Marshawn Lynch four and a half nope Christian McCaffrey, nope. There's your top 18 highest-paid running backs in the NFL. Less than a handful of those guys made the playoffs this year. It's a rough business. I don't envy Mickey Loomis. I don't necessarily envy the guys running these teams and the business decisions that they have to make. But the pattern is clear here. This isn't rocket science, folks. You think what the New England does up there and the guys that they cut and the guys that they refuse to offer big-time extension to, big-time contracts, you think they're doing that because Bill Belichick's a mean guy or Robert Kraft's a mean guy and they just like to stick it in players' eyes? Talk about that all the time. Oh, there goes Bill Belichick not wanting to pay another player. The money that he's is owed, money that he deserves on the open market, money that he gets on the open market. It's like his Bill Belichick's a bad guy. It's because the Patriots understand better than any other franchise in the NFL that this is a game of salary cap economics. That you can't pay a running back $10 million a year, $8 million a year, in this 2018-2019 National Football League. Just like you can't pay a wide receiver $15 million a year. Yes, technically you can, but you're not making a smart business decision. Not a smart business decision. Now, the Saints have made some very smart decisions, both in free agency with the guys they re-signed and certainly in the draft over the last few seasons. I hope it continues. Tough decisions to be made. If the Saints refuse to pay Mark Ingram that five, six, seven million dollars a year, then he might fetch on the open market. A lot of fans aren't going to be happy. If they refuse to pay Michael Thomas the twenty million dollars a year he want, and Michael Thomas then is on a franchise tag and then leaves a couple years down the road, a lot of fans are really not going to be happy. But it might be the best business decision for the Saints franchise. It's an ugly business, certainly not fun for the team, and, and certainly less fun for the players involved. But that's the game everybody's playing. Let's go to the phone lines, Joey in Pearl River. What you got tonight, Joey? Hey, Seth, how's it going, man? Hey, man. I, uh, I, uh, I agree with what you're saying, you know, about Mark, uh, pretty much about Mike Thomas also. With the, with the uh, caveat of Drew, you know, getting less mobile and, and – that protection because of the type of quarterback he is, the pocket passer stepping up and stuff. How many times in the last three years have we seen Mark line up correctly for blitz pickup, but them to bluff and, and but he sell out just in time to nail the you know, the blitzer from sure. the other side important. to keep Drew clean. Important. You he's know? important. And I'm not saying he's not a exactly. I'm, Joey, I'm not don't oh. misunderstand. I, I love Mark Ingram. I hope he somehow stays here and he breaks all every other record he hasn't broken here all time for the Saints um, you know, on the rushing list. I look, um I'm not arguing with you at all, bro. But uh and, and Mike Thomas how about this angle? Mm-hmm. Uh Mike Thomas is such a precise route runner. 
he's such a good receiver, you know, a, a possession receiver. What do you think about the angle of him actually raising the numbers of the new quarterback that would come into play after Drew steps down to ride out his, you know, his second contract? What do you mean raising the numbers? Explain that to me really quick. Only making, about- the, making okay, making the quarterback a better completion percentage because Mike is such a precise route runner and he's got such good hands. All right, let's talk about that when we come back. It's a good question, Joey. Back after this, sixty seconds showed pictures of Anthony Davis's dad at the game. He's got on the AD23 hat. I don't see any Pelicans gear on his dad. It's interesting. Uh, to answer, Joey had a really good question here about Michael Thomas. And do you have to factor in that Michael Thomas is going to increase the production of any successor quarterback to Drew Brees down the road should Michael Thomas sign a huge deal here. Absolutely, you got to factor that in. There's no doubt about that. The, the quarterbacks, uh, excuse me, the receivers certainly can make quarterbacks better just like quarterbacks can make receivers better. That happens. That's something that assuredly this front office of the Saints is taking into consideration or any front office that might negotiate with Michael Thomas down the road will take into consideration. Again, I just... And and I, I didn't do a big monologue on this yet, but I will when we get closer to this in the summer when, or in the spring when this might happen. I I I would not offer that huge contract. I would not offer Michael Thomas the twenty million dollars a year that look I would think he wants. Maybe he doesn't. I would think he wants. Let's go back to the phone lines. Carl in Covington. What's going on, Carl? Hey, sir. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. Hey, my opinion of Michael Thomas is. He's probably the best receiver I've ever seen ever. He, the dude is bad. He's good. I mean, he's by the like, way, best best Saints receiver or best receiver you've ever seen ever. Ever. Oh come I've on! Been following football a long time, Carl. Look, I love Michael Thomas. Are you telling me he's Randy Moss in his prime? He's better than anybody. He's just he's tough when he catches the ball. He he's he's aware of the play, everything around him, but. I'm not going to say pay him the money that you're talking about because I'll, I'll get into that. But, okay. Um, I, well, let, me just, let me just say this. I do, for as much as I love Michael Thomas, I don't think Michael Thomas is going to have a 1,500-yard, 23-touchdown season like Randy Moss had. The, the greatest season I've ever seen from a wide receiver. But I guess we disagree there. You have your opinion, I have mine. But go ahead, Carl. Keep going. Yeah, but who's throwing the ball to Randy Moss? Well, I, who's throwing the ball to Michael Thomas? Right. I'm just saying it's all but that's not really why I cause like um it's all about the money thing you're talking about. I mean they can't keep paying the receivers and the you know, the running backs and everybody all this money. It's a team sport. My money would go to the linemen, you know. Mm-hmm. My, yeah. But here you're a Who's smart man, Carl. Thing? It's a smart man because that's where I'd put um a bigger percentage of my pie. Who's the MVP of the Super Bowl this year? It was Julian Edelman. The he of the ten catches. His, yeah, how much do you think his salary is? Well, I could look it up, but I'm not I'm sure. It's not. It's not a lot. I know that. He's like short. I mean, he just makes the plays. I've been watching him all. You know, and Tom Brady, of course, gets him the ball. But 
Listen, I want Michael Thomas to play for us. I want Mark Ingham to play for us. I want all of our players we had last year to play for us. Uh, Julian Edelman was get, Julian Edelman was getting paid one point six million dollars this year. One four six. I just want every player that played for the Saints last year to play for us, and let's go back and do what we did. That's what I want. Hey, we we could hope for that. A lot of the team will be back next year. Michael Thomas will be playing next year. So will Drew. So you'll get that. But yeah, $1.6 million prorated because of the suspension. Missed a little bit of time. $2 million base salary. Um, cut a little bit because of that suspension. Thanks for the call, Carl. How about Ralph in River Ridge? Ralph, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, question for you. Do you think the Saints will uh, re-sign Manti Teo? And do you see Teddy Bridgewater walking or staying? Uh, I'll answer both of those. No, they will not re-sign Manti Teo. He was just a non-factor this year. And they can find a Manti Teo either in free agency or late in the draft, that kind of production. And Teddy Bridgewater is a tough one, Ralph. It all comes down to, I believe, if a team offers Teddy Bridgewater or gives him an opportunity to start somewhere. If Teddy Bridgewater has an opportunity to start and they're paying him i don't know 15 million dollars or so to go somewhere and start yeah the saints aren't going to match that and he's going to leave if he doesn't get that and there's a chance he might not i think he stays i think he stays and i think the saints would pay him to stay another year because regardless they're going to need another backup quarterback besides Taysom hill on this roster and might as well be teddy bridgewater who's been in the system now for about a year that's the interesting one. I'm not even going to pretend like I know what's going to have happen with Teddy Bridgewater. I believe he's a capable NFL starting quarterback. I think teams, some teams are likely to see him that way. Does he get the offer money-wise? And do, does a team tell him, hey, you're going to come here and you're going to get an opportunity to start? If that happens, he'll leave. If it doesn't happen, he'll stay. And I'm not going to pretend I know like what's going to happen um, in those offices. That's a great question, though, Ralph. Thanks for calling. How about Skyler in Ame Eats? Welcome to the show, Skyler. How you doing, man? Hey. hey uh, I was just wondering, uh, what do you think the Saints should do with their pick? Do you think they should pick up a, you know, a second option for quarterback since we know, you know, Drew's going to retire with, soon? Yeah, with that second round pick. Don't, we don't have the second round. No, I said with <laughs> the second round pick, we don't have the fir- we don't have a first or third round. Saints don't have right. a first or third yeah. round pick. Uh, no, I don't. If I if you put me in charge of this. I do not draft a quarterback in the second round unless a guy you have on your board somewhere in the first round falls to, again, remember it's a late second round pick. So if you got a guy that you have listed on your board somewhere in the you know first round, early second round, maybe you take a shot at the guy if he's fallen that far. But you can just find tight ends, slot receivers, linebackers, guys to play in your secondary all in the second round. And there's holes that this team is going to need to fill if they're going to make another run at the Super Bowl. So it's, do you instead worry about the future or are you more worried about now? I think they showed you what they're worried about in this Drew Brees window that they have until he retires, what they did last year, trading the extra first-round pick to move up and select Marcus Davenport. I think it's going to be the same thing this year. They're going to draft for the now rather than the future. I, I would be highly surprised, really surprised, if they draft the quarterback in the second round. They might take one later on in the draft, some kind of flyer project guy. I don't think it's going to be in the second round. One more call here. Jason and Destrahan, what's up? Hey, Seth, how you doing? Hey, good. Hey, look, 
I think the I, I wanted to talk about the Saints, but I just want to make a comment on the Pelicans. The Pelicans screwed this up completely. And, I, you know, part of me is upset with Anthony Davis for kind of strong-arming the team and saying, look, I'm only going to go here, here, and here, so find the best deal, ready, go. And I think he hampered their – I think he hampered his trade value, and I think he hampered the Pelicans – ability to go out and find the best deal because now you're limiting the number of teams that might have had a shot at him. Uh, real well, quick, how, wait, wait, how did the Pelicans uh, screw it up, though? Well, they screwed it up last year when they panicked after Cousins got hurt and drafted for Miritich because as soon as they drafted for him and guaranteed his options for this year, they priced themselves out of signing DeMarcus Cousins back. So, well, but they, Jason, 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 they, every report was, I just want to make sure that we all understand this here. You, me, and everybody listening, every report that we had was that a, they were ready to trade for Miritich before, and they were already in con uh, talks anyways, to trade for Miritich before cousins got hurt. And after they traded, uh, they were ready to resign. Let me put it this way. They were ready to resign Boogie cousins and offer him a contract after the season before he got that injury. So I, I just don't think that Miritich had any effect on that. Any, and remember, look, don't you think that Miritich was very pivotal to the play, uh, Pelicans' playoff run last year? It seemed like it to me. Well, well, I mean, that's part of the problem is that because they had the run in the playoffs last year, you couldn't justify firing Alvin Gentry. You couldn't justify firing Dell Demps. You couldn't justify starting over in the offseason like they probably should have done. Instead, they said, well, you know, we really can't do anything with these guys. They just had a playoff sweep. So you bring them all back, and of course in the offseason they weren't really able to do a whole lot to help AD, so now AD is leaving. And now you got Demps and, and uh, Gentry, who were probably, they should, be fired tomorrow. They should have been fired yesterday, but at the very least they'll be gone at the end of the year, and you basically wasted an entire year because you wanted to make a playoff run last year after one of your best players got hurt. Well, I mean, you've got to try to make a playoff run last year. Jason, I think your logic is flawed. If you think that Anthony Davis would have been okay going through a rebuild if they just blew everything up last year, and it would have made – if you don't think that he would have then informed the team, hey, I don't want to – you know, I want to re-sign with you. I want to, I want to get traded out of here if that all happens. I mean, look what he's doing now. I think the chemistry between him and DeMarcus Cousins would have been something that he would have had to hang on to. Oh, I agree. But clearly... I, I no, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. But the injury changed everything. I, I just, I just think the well, injury, the injury changed everything. Jason, I think you and I are on the same page there. If Boogie Cousins had stayed healthy, if that freaky fluke Achilles injury doesn't happen, we're probably not talking about this today. But that's an alternate reality that they don't live in. So you and I are in lockstep there. I just don't agree that they should have blown everything up last year, though. I don't think that would have helped the situation. We're up against a little bit of a break here, though, Jason. I appreciate the call. When we come back, we're going to have sports libs. And then later in the hour, it's two-minute drill. Fans time to take part in our two-minute drill trivia. So hang on and stick around for that. We're going to open up the phone lines for some contestants here. But next, it's sports libs here on The Last Lap. I want to answer a quick question before we get to sports libs. There's a texter that asked... From the 985, what are your thoughts on bringing Des Bryant back into camp? And I think Jason and Destrahan was going to ask something similar. Uh, Des's NFL career is almost assuredly finished after this last injury. It's obviously unfortunate the way that career ended. Uh, the Saints aren't going to bring him back, and I, I highly doubt an NFL team is really going to give him a serious look. That is a long recovery time. He's not going to be ready in time for training camp, I don't think, anyways. And if I mean, he might just barely be ready for training camp, maybe. 
but that kind of injury would be difficult for anybody at any age to come back from when you're his age. That long in the tooth, yeah, it's yeah, Des doesn't come in black. All right, let's bring in Logan. What's up, Logan? Yeah, what's up? You found you? your Chewbacca outfit yet? No, not yet. No, I figured you were working on that back there the last hour and a half. Nah, nah. I've been working on getting these questions. Or anything <laughs> done for you. Oh, oh, you're actually working? Oh, okay. All right. Text him. That. No, I'm just joking. Tim does a great job, too. Okay, it's Sports Libs. We do this every show. Like Mad Libs, sports style. Logan's got some uh, sentences, some questions, a little fill-in-the-blank. You can play along. Uh, text us at 870 how you'd fill these in or answer these questions. Two-minute drill coming up after this. But Logan, give me a little music. Um, and then let me know what you got here. By the way, Pelicans came back from a 15-point deficit, and they're tied with the Timberwolves at halftime, 62-62, 24 points for Anthony Davis, 15 for Drew Holiday. All right, Logan. All right, first one up here. The Saints are going to be focusing on blank this offseason and prep for next season. Free agency is big because of the lack of draft picks, so I would answer that free agency. Remember, no first-round pick, no third-round pick. You will have that second, but it's a late second, so you only have one pick in the first 96 picks of the NFL draft. That is tough. It's a little less critical because you're in the Super Bowl window, even first-round picks like we saw with Marcus Davenport. Sometimes they take some time to develop. It's two, three years before they turn into the players and the production that they'll ultimately have and, and bring. So it's free agency. What can they find at tight end? What can they find at receiver? What can they find offensive line depth? What do they do with Andres Pete? Do they bring back Mark Ingram in free agency? Free agency is going to be what most Saints fans want to watch. A lot of people usually are interested in the draft. Draft will still be fun, but this year it is all about free agency. All right. Next one up here. Blank will have the best year as far as Louisiana teams go. In what? I need, I need more clarification on this. It's a very broad question. Like, they're going to have the best 2019. It's, it's like any, any of the Louisiana teams. Any teams. That includes college. I think it's LSU baseball. I think LSU baseball is, in our prohibitive, kind of big favorites to win the College World Series. It's never easy. They're not only the number one team, I think a number two team in a couple of other polls, but they have they are loaded. I mean, they are as loaded as they have been. Now, Paul Maneri said something similar to this in his opening press conference, that he feels like this is their best chance to win a title since 2009. Not saying that I'm picking you know LSU against the field or anything like that. You'd never do that in any sport, but they have a real shot, not only to make it to Omaha again, but to make it to the final weekend and play in that championship series. So squarely LSU baseball here. All right, next one up here. LSU blank is going to be the team to watch this year. Say it again. LSU blank is going to be the team to watch this year. Oh, yeah. So which LSU sport? Yeah, so I'd say, okay, let me let me go. I just said baseball, so let me throw gymnastics in here a little bit. Gymnastics is having another great year. Gymnastics has made that final meet this couple of years. Hell of a program over there. I, You know what? I It's on my bucket list, and sometimes it's tough with everything that I'm covering. I need to get there and uh, – See a meet or two. All right. I'd love to. You know what I'd love to do? I, I'm probably not going to be able to swing this with the powers that be. I'd love to go watch them 
at the conference championships and the national championships. I love gymnastics. I really do. I just you don't cover it. You certainly don't talk about it here because it's kind of a niche sport, but it's a niche sport that I love. All right, next one up here. I'm looking forward to blank the most this year. Uh, Chewbacca. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> um, Women's World Cup. Do no, we, that's is that is the qualifying this year, right? I mean, to, I should know this. I'm the soccer guy. I'm getting confused. To each his own, Seth. I'm. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to the football season. Again, yeah, that's an easy answer though. I don't like to go chalk here. That's fine. I don't that's like to fine. go chalk here. I need to. Let's see. What am I most looking forward to this? Oh, no, this is easy. What am I even talking about here? This is hands down the easiest answer ever for me. If I actually would have thought about this for like 15 seconds instead of blurting out a dumb answer, it's Game of Thrones. Final season of Game of Thrones. April 14th. It's on my calendar. I have a premiere party scheduled. I have a finale party scheduled. We have our podcast that is aired here on WWL.com, our podcast network at radio.com. A podcast has no name. We are a full go for the six-episode final season of Game of Thrones. Pay attention, people. If you're a Thrones head, if you're a Game of Thrones fan like me, and like Logan, I hope, and if you aren't Logan, you've got two months to watch this. Start watching it yesterday, I beg you. It is Game of Thrones. I'm all in for Game of Thrones. Right behind that, I'm such a TV junkie. Right behind that is probably season three of The Handmaid's Tale. All right. Now, the uh, the next question here I have to preface with just a little, uh, this is only for athletes that we know are, are like in the NFL that are on teams right now. Okay. And this this could be even in free agency. Uh, blank is going to be the standout athlete this year in the NFL. Ooh. Oh, that's good. It's. I think all eyes are going to be on Patrick Mahomes again. He he he's just the truth, man. He's just the truth. I know it's really it's it's kind of popular nowadays. I guess it's the social media thing. Everybody likes to hate on the new cool flavor of the month or flavor of the year. I am sorry, Patrick Mahomes is that electrifying. If you've watched three snaps of Patrick Mahomes, you will understand the kind of once in a lifetime talent that he is. That is, I know he edged out Drew, not really edged out. It was a wide gap. He beat Drew for the NFL MVP award, but he's that special. Don't hate on Patrick Mahomes. Embrace it. He's Favre combined with Rodgers, combined with a little of Philip Rivers' the accent and talk here. He's all of that. I love it. All eyes on Patrick Mahomes again this season in the NFL. All right, and the last one here is blank will come out of the Pelicans playing AD. Yeah, uh, can I just say, can I answer this with I hope nothing? That That's my answer. I hope nothing because if something does come out of it, it's just going to be bad. That's sports libs. How long? Uh, l- two minutes. All right, we're going to do, we're going to do two-minute drill here. You know what? We're going to, we're going to put two-minute drill the first segment of the 10 o'clock hour is what we're going to do because I don't want to run everybody up against the clock here. So we will have two-minute drill trivia. Contestants from you, the audience, at 10.07 for segment of next hour. I'm Seth Dunlap. We'll be right back here on the last lap. I just sang the praises of Jeff Van Gundy earlier this hour when he called out the NBA, which is right. Now, <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy... 
kind of took a shot at the Pelicans fan base here. Not really the fan base, the coverage of the team saying, and I think he was trying to make a joke, poor taste here, Jeff Van Gundy, saying, doesn't even know if the Times Picayune has a beat writer, a daily beat writer covering the team. Yeah, that's, that's our buddy Andrew Lopez. Come on, Jeff Van Gundy. I just tweeted, I think Andrew Lopez needs to go aggressively introduce himself to Jeff Van Gundy at halftime. And I kind of pay to see that. Be, be very aggressive with that introduction. Hopefully. No, Andrew's not listening to this. He's got a job to do. He's out there at the Smoothie King Center. So, two-minute drill coming up next hour. Uh, we just didn't have quite the time here. We ran a little long this hour. Uh, let's get to a couple of texts. From the 504, the men's team is playing the Gold Club this summer, and at the same time, the women's team is playing the World Cup. This is the summer of soccer, Seth. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I have, I had knockdown, drag-out fights on the air. I could probably actually <laughs> I have the show somewhere. When I went back and forth with Christian and then um, previously when a former a host here at WWL who's with somebody else now, good buddy of mine, uh, we were hosting together, I would have knocked down drag out fights on how the, the, the game of women's soccer, especially at the international level, is incredibly entertaining. I don't understand why anybody who considers themselves a soccer fan, a United States soccer fan who's all in on the men's side, wouldn't be all in on women's soccer. They're the best program in the world. Now, I've been reading stuff that they might have a little bit of a lack of talent at the youth levels here that's a little concerning. But right now, they're still the best club in the world. And they'll be favorites to win another World Cup. It was fantastic when they won that one four years ago. I love it. And I hate this, that some people still just want to hate women's sports to hate women's sports for the fact that, well, the, the men are faster, stronger, and, and better. Okay, so that doesn't make it less entertaining. Isn't this all about the entertainment? Text from the 985. I kind of feel bad for those who don't appreciate football. This Patrick Mahomes seems to be making throws of which the NFL has never seen, definitely once in a generation. A text from the same person before says, can't agree more. Patrick Mahomes can only be appreciated by those who know this game. Look, I agree with the first text. I don't agree with the second text. Anybody can appreciate Patrick Mahomes. You just watch what he does with the sidearm throws and his arm strength down the field and his throws on the run outside of the pocket and the way he directs the game and the high-scoring offense. I think a lot of people can appreciate Patrick Mahomes. Text from the 504, Alex Morgan is in her prime. Boy, yes, she is. It's unbelievable. That's a future Women's National Team Hall of Famer, U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer. Many of them on that squad. I am all in for this Women's World Cup, no doubt about it. I'll be watching every match. I'll be soaking it up this summer every day. All right, we're going to take a break. Here's the thing. Right now, your chance to call in and be a contestant on two-minute drill. We're going to take caller number two, two-minute drill trivia, 504-260-1870. Caller two gets it right now. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, 